Welcome to Mindset Talks Podcast. It's your girls, Cassie and Amanda, and we are here to share our mindsets, elevate yours, and have some fun while achieving better versions of ourselves. (laughs) What's going on? Oh, not too much. Not too much. Yes. How's your day been? How you been? Um, day's been pretty hectic, but you know, that's the usual these days with everything going on in the world. Um, Mm. but you would be proud of me, Amanda, I must say. Tell me more. (laughs) (laughs) So unlike the usual, I actually made dinner before we podcasted today. So, I mean, I'm still hungry, go figure, but, um, But I did cook before and I did eat before. And so I won't be completely starving this time. Oh my gosh. New year, new you. Who you? you New me, who this? Yes. (laughs) No, that is exciting because as much as I bitch about you needing to make sure you, one, cook and eat for two dinner before we even do anything, Mm -hmm. the fact that you finally did it. I feel I like know. my baby just started walking. <laughs> well, it's all thanks to you for not pressuring me to start podcasting too early. So I had some time. When do I apply pressure? Never. I'm just saying. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> like you I get your ass to eat dinner for what feels like years at this rate. <laughs> well, and I must say it was actually like really good. And that's not something that I say too often. <laughs> so, I mean, tell us what was for dinner. So I made a flank steak with some mashed potatoes and corn and some plantains and everything was banging okay i had a a full meal going on over here today you know you got you a jamaican man talking about plantains (laughs) yeah definitely i I, uh fry them up pretty often it's so funny because there's always the uh differences of calling it plantains or plantains i feel like Mm -hmm. the like jamaican caribbean ish sides say plantains and then more of like the Spanish say plantains. Gotcha. That is true. And I just say whatever. It's ultimately the same, which is so funny, which is weird. It is. But it's, yeah. like, you know, there's all those cultural differences. Tomato, and, tomato. Right. <laughs> and the whole, the whole debate of rice and peas versus peas and rice. <laughs> Who says peas and rice? It's a whole thing. You never heard? Oh, I say rice and peas. <laughs> <laughs> I am obviously not in with it, but whatever. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Good. Well, I don't know. We're getting like super off topic, but uh, how was your day today while we're talking about it? Uh, I'd actually say my day was pretty good. Um, it's been a actually one of my most productive days in probably a few weeks now. Good. So I've been up and down all these stairs in my house. I got three floors. <laughs> I've been up and down each floor probably at least a good 10 times within like a two and a half hour period, (laughs) like just going, doing laundry, you know, vacuuming. Um, I went to the grocery store, so obviously put away groceries and I ate a bunch of sugar for dinner. Like (laughs) Sugar? (laughs) What do you elaborate, please? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So (laughs) definitely ate a bowl of cereal and then this big ass bowl of fruit with whipped cream on top and i'm only waiting for us to finish recording so then i can have my bowl of ice cream (laughs) with sprinkles (laughs) good lord what a what a variety you got going on over there 
but let's just say that I have a I have a um water bottle that is like it's a gallon water bottle water bottle oh my gosh <laughs> and I get ranked on all the time at work because they're like do you actually drink the whole thing and it's like obviously not bitch like that's a lot of water <laughs> like I'm glad y'all have that much faith in me but I don't even have that much faith in me but today <laughs> I have been killing that water so I feel a little less guilty for having so much sugar this evening. I'm just going to make sure I just finish that water bottle off before I go to bed. So I don't feel too guilty with my coffee ice cream as dessert. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's, mm. it's a nice little balance, you know, water and sugar. That's what I keep telling myself. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, my day's been good. So good. But let's dig into this episode, girl. <sighs> Yes. So I'm actually excited to say that we had um, somebody write in to us and ask us a question. And I thought it was a really good question. Um, and I don't know if we've specifically touched on this before, but I think it's um, a definitely a good conversation that we can have. Mm. Um, so they wrote in to us and they're experiencing a family member of theirs going through um, cancer and they were just informed, I guess, that it's progressing and the family is starting to feel like they're already grieving, uh, you know, while she's still here. And mm. she wanted to know, is that normal? Is it normal to grieve before you actually lose somebody? Definitely. So agreed. <laughs> yeah, I actually have um, I actually just pulled up real quick looking at grieving before someone like grieving while someone's alive. Mm -hmm. And I had actually come across what is called unconventional grief or it's ambiguous grief, which those are usually caused by um, what I found here. This is, this is not my research, but this is what I'm finding of mental illness, drug or substance addiction, dementia, um, brain injury, family trauma, things around um, those trends mm. are what causes unconventional grief. But when you have someone who is, you know, you're kind of anticipating them to mm -hmm. pass because of, you know, some type of illness or sickness that they're currently going through, that's anticipatory grief. So that is, you know, more familiar with what you and I have experienced with, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and from this question that was asked, uh, that person seems to be going through the same to some degree, um, just because of it's not, it's in regards to cancer. It's not in regards to, mm -hmm. you know, a substance abuse, um, you know, things of that nature. Yeah. But I also did find it interesting. Give me a moment to just scroll a bit. But... <laughs> It also says that when you're grieving someone who's alive and not you're not anticipating them to like die or pass anytime soon, um, that's usually something that has to deal with a psychological difference in them. Hmm. So it kind of like is the easiest way to determine it too. So it's anticipatory grief if they are ill or sick and are on their way to pass mm -hmm. on in life. Um, but if there's some type of psychological difference within the person, that's more of an unconventional grief because you're grieving while they're still alive and there's no, um, you know, 
expectation or anticipation of them to pass on. I wonder what what would an example be for that? For unconventional grief? Yeah. So we're going to scroll back onto the common causes. <laughs> A brain injury could be one. Oh. Dementia, Alzheimer's, um, drug or substance addiction. So especially when people are on drugs or addicted to something, they are definitely not the person we once knew them to be. And that's easy to grieve about. Yeah, definitely. And then mental illness, you know, especially, you know, personality disorders or things along those lines where people can't, they can't help it. Mm -hmm. But when they're going through it, you know, you're, if they're in their not self form, maybe, then you're grieving and missing who they once were before whatever situation may have happened. Gotcha. That makes sense too. And especially if you use like dementia as like a main example for that, just mm. because I can only imagine, like I've never had to deal with, deal with that personally, but I can only imagine having someone there that like you've loved and that you've been with for such a long time. And then they just mm -hmm. like, don't remember who you are. Like, right. That's, that's gotta be devastating. Yeah. I, either way, it's just hard. Grief is just freaking <laughs> so hard to deal with it's a bitch and, right because i think back to you know saying that i've had anticipatory grief with my mom mm -hmm. and trying to kind of reflect on as to when it like when did it come about yeah because like when you when you're going through it you might not realize that you're grieving um, even kind of like trying to look back at it, it might be a little hard to like determine, but like if you really think about it, uh, you know, you can sometimes determine a point in, in which that happened. Um, do you remember when, when that might've occurred for you? So I feel like it occurred days before she passed. And mm -hmm. I say this because I found myself to be that strong support throughout her journey um, of her going through chemo and radiation, you know, just finding out that she had cancer and we're going to be doing treatment. Mm -hmm. It's very possible that I could have had it once finding out and not realizing it because of a triggering of cancer and chemo in general for me. Because with my grandma, who was my mom's mom, she went through chemo. I'm not sure for how long. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if she had radiation as well. But the way I remember things going is we found out she had colon cancer. She went through chemo. Her health was declining. She's on hospice care. Mm -hmm. And she passes. Gotcha. So finding out my mom now has breast cancer. Yeah, just kind of like repeats those memories for you. It does. And I did try to keep in the forefront too, though, that breast cancer is a more curable cancer. And, you know, there's there's a lot more of a fight that people can have against breast cancer and win as the survivors. Mm. So I, you know, I always kept that in my mind, but automatically I felt negativity because it's cancer and chemo again oh fucking great you know right. now here we go down this path again but 
I'm doing my best to not believe it's going to go the same way that it did for my grandma. And how hard is that? Like, mm -hmm. it, it, it was a struggle, but my mom also was an optimistic person until she wasn't because you, when you're with someone who is going through all this cancer and chemo and radiation, you see them get tired and beat up. Like, definitely. You know, so then it kind of it ends up wearing on you as, you know, their support. So I wonder if that was when it really began, but I personally don't feel like it. Mm -hmm. I feel like when the last time I brought my mom to the hospital because of an episode she had while I was in the middle of driving that caused me to have to call an ambulance and meet up with them to get her transported to the hospital Hmm. And she's at the hospital and, you know, she's throwing up like bile and she's like, it's crazy. After I throw up, I feel fine. Which if you've seen the shit she was throwing up, yeah. that should look like trash. Like, yeah, straight garbage. And I'm like, both of us, like, this doesn't make any sense, you know? Right. And then the day after that is when she had the hardest conversation I've ever had with my mom about how she's dying soon and she knows she's dying soon mm -hmm. and she pretty much needed to let me know that. That moment is when I believe my anticipatory grief really started. Yeah, I, can I felt like I had a hint of it the night before, mm -hmm. but that I can tell you if I didn't have anticipatory grief before <laughs> at that moment, I did because, yeah. you know, I was at work. I remember physically breaking down. Like I couldn't walk. I cried and cried. I called my sister. I had to have her come and pick me up from work to drive me mm. to the hospital to see my mom. Yeah. So at that point I knew like there was a grief for sure. You know, aside from her giving me that confirmation, which I really didn't want, but, <laughs> you know, I appreciate her doing that. Yeah. Of her time was coming. Yeah, it's definitely not something that you ever, ever want to hear somebody say. But I would say that there is kind of like a weird, I don't know if satisfaction is the right word, but like they're they're being honest and they, they want to like prepare you and they want to to tell you. Mm -hmm. Instead of just like knowing it and not saying something and then just leaving. Yeah, I I know what you mean. I know satisfaction isn't the word. I would probably say there's like this. There, I, I can't think of the word either, but I would say there's like this respect or appreciation yeah. of, that, you know, there's so much value to them being able to tell you that. Yeah. I just can't. I can't even think of the word to put to it either. There's just, for me, I would say appreciation. Like for my for my experience, mm -hmm. appreciation is the word I think I would put in there because Lord knows I don't like to be blindsided by things. I'm proactive. <laughs> like, allow me to know in advance so I can get my shit set up. And, you know, essentially that's what my mom was doing because that's the type of person she was. Yeah, that is true. And, you know, I don't know. I just find it so weird people that are going through those situations and at least I mean I guess I can only really speak to our experiences because we know what we've been through but it's right. just weird that like I had a similar conversation with with my dad too um, it's one of those things that again you you don't ever want to hear them say but you're also kind of 
I don't know. I <laughs> like we keep saying I don't know how to describe it, but <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I'm not mad at him for having that conversation. I guess is is how I would put it. Right. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to be, but yeah. what like what did you experience for anticipatory grief? Uh, so I'll, I'll start off with just saying that for me, my dad going through chemo and radiation was not a trigger because that was my first like real experience dealing with it when it first had happened initially. And he, he actually, he only did one chemo treatment. He was supposed to go through more, but he just, he couldn't handle it. So he just had radiation treatments for, for the duration of his. And in, in his situation, it was actually successful because that is what gave him those 11 years before the shit show happened again. Um, so mm. that wasn't really like a trigger thing for me. And I was also so young back then, too. I don't really think that my mind ever, ever really considered that like he could actually die from this. So, Understandable. Yeah. Right. So that wasn't really like a, a thought, even though. I don't remember. I, I want to say his mom actually died from lung cancer before he was diagnosed, but still, I was you know young, so it wasn't a thought. But there was no correlation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so kind of like fast forward uh, to where everything started happening. Uh, I'm not really sure exactly. I guess when my anticipatory grief had started, um, but we did have a similar conversation as I had mentioned before. Uh, to where the first day that he was admitted back to the hospital after he was uh, I think I think that's the time he was like throwing up like all these blood clots and Mm. so he was um, taken to the hospital and when I got there just the whole like vibe was like weird you know and I remember sitting down and he had a conversation with me and again remember that he doesn't have a voice he couldn't talk so this was just like trying to to read his lips when he was speaking. Mm-hmm. And he he pretty much just sat me down and was like, um, people never give up. But there comes a time when you just can't fight anymore. And I love you. And I just kind of like stared at him like. Why are you saying this to me? <laughs> right. I can only imagine your face. too. <laughs> And, you know, me, and it wasn't just, like, me and him in the room either. And I wasn't just, I wasn't going to make him feel bad or, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm not mad at him for not wanting to to keep fighting anymore. He just went through hell for two years, you know. Right. He's exhausted. Right. So, so maybe that was the point for me when it kind of happened. But, again, because I always have this, like, weird complex that I feel like I have to be strong for everybody else around me. I never allow myself to actually like break down and feel anything. So for me, it might be a little different just for that, that aspect of how I perceive or handle things. Mm -hmm. Um, But after that, I would say the second part where it really became real for me is probably a week after we had that conversation. Um, You can just tell that he was like declining and things like that. Um, But the nurse had actually came in and talked to me and my mom and was like, you need to stop feeding him because he was hooked up to his feeding tube. He wasn't eating anything by mouth Um, because as a reminder to everybody listening, if you don't know, he had throat cancer. 
And so at that point in time, it just wasn't a thing to where he was taking anything by mouth. So we were just feeding him through the tube. And the nurse was like, at this point, like, you just have to, like, we have to stop because it's really just hurting him. And we didn't understand, like, what that meant. We're like, but he needs to eat. Like, he's going to get better. Like, you know, this is just a, a little downfall. Like, right. what you, you know no different. Yeah. Exactly. So even that took, like, me and my mom, like, a day or two after that conversation because we were like, no, no, like, he's going to get better. Like, let's just keep, you know, giving him his nutrients. He needs those nutrients. Right. and. We were just right. so in denial. So maybe not even during that conversation with the nurse, but a few days after that is when me and my mom were like, okay, we need to stop being selfish and we need to to do what's going to be best for him at this point. Hard decision. Definitely. And I feel bad, but I put all of that on my mom because I was like, I'm not making these decisions. <laughs> well, at that point, right. Because it's just like, <laughs> all right, listen, so we're going back to not being equals in this situation. and. I'm just going to be the child who didn't ask to be here. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> pretty much. And that's why sometimes I think about it. And like, I just feel so bad because I know that that you had family and stuff that were there for you, like your aunt and stuff. But I feel like mm -hmm. you you were probably a sole decision maker for, for the most things. part. Yeah. And like, I couldn't even imagine like going through all of this. Like I dread the time I have to make those decisions for my mom because like I just mm -hmm. can't like, ugh. I don't know how that's going to work, but yeah. I just, I'm so grateful that I had her there because I can always, I was there for like support and stuff, but I was like, I'm not making right. any of these decisions. Like you like, make that's that. Not, <laughs> yeah. Well, I will say in my defense, my mom also like had, she had conversations with me and was pretty much, if we make it to this point, this is what I want you to do. Mm -hmm. If it, like, she literally was, if I have to go through shit and I have to be on life support and if I go on life support and I can't come back to my regular self don't do it yeah and I was just like okay like <laughs> good to know right. but don't want to know right like thanks for letting me know that's all I gotta do but how the hell am I supposed to know if you gonna come back regular or not from something right that's true that's, that's a good point. you know yeah but then unfortunately I mean and then with her, you know, she picked DNR, do not resuscitate for stuff. So, mm. you know, I obviously didn't have to make that decision in those types of situations. But right. when the doctor came to me and said, your mom has pancreatic cancer and it's pretty far along. Yeah, it's crazy. We can put her on life support. What would you like to do? what's the chances of her being back to normal? Well, there really isn't. All right. Well, don't do life support. Like, yeah. And I'm like, Oh shit. Craziest decision I've had to make. Right. But horrible. But if I didn't, so we would have just dragged her along. And then after when she passed from that, she would have came back, haunted my ass, <laughs> whooped my ass, and would have said, Heffa, did I not tell you, if I can't come back regular, don't drag my shit on. You know, I laugh because it's hilarious because I... You could see her so doing that. It. Right. Like, I would be shook for the rest of my life. Like, oh my gosh, 
I dragged it on and she didn't come back to normal. She's going to come back and haunt me. Yes, the fuck she would. Right, she yeah. would. A random branch would fall off a tree like a switch whooping my ass. <laughs> <laughs> my mama crazy. She ain't playing she, that. She sure is. She definitely would have came back and tried to whoop she, me somehow. <laughs> right. Mad. Wake up in the middle of the night, go to the bathroom. She just sitting there looking at me like, mm-hmm. Probably. I done told that ass. Yeah. <laughs> nope. We ain't having that. I said, sir, my mother told me. <laughs> my mama said that I got to do this. So you better just go in line with it. Because if you're going to come back and whoop anybody, it's going to be you. It's not going to be me. I listened to her. Right. She told me she always yelled at me for my selective hearing. But I heard her. And I heard everything <laughs> she said very clearly. <laughs> um. You know. You're better than but, me, because when it comes to those conversations, I definitely start having selective hearing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I didn't have a choice, so I was just like, fuck, I gotta pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but my goodness. It's, it, it's, I'm glad that person asked that question, because I never actually paid attention to the different kinds of grieving, you know? Yeah. Like, different kinds of grieving, not like the different stages of grieving, but unconventional grieving i didn't know that was a thing or ambiguous unconventional or ambiguous is interchangeable apparently Mm. um and i just didn't think of i know my mom is dying and this is anticipatory grief right yeah i don't think i ever really considered it either especially with my struggle with grief in general Mm -hmm. um but i i definitely think it's a, a great question and i wanted to make sure that we brought it up today because i feel like if she's asking then there's a lot of other people that are curious about this too and the one thing i never want people to feel is like like they're crazy or you know people are gonna like look at you weird or you're being dramatic or whatever the situation is because like we always preach like this truly like affects people in so many different ways absolutely I feel like at this point, like nothing is different or like crazy. Like, however right. you're feeling, like that is normal. And right, your feelings are your feelings. Exactly. And, you know, the fact that there are even terms for grieving before you lose somebody definitely shows you that that is something that that's it's a thing. You know, people experience right. it. And like you were saying, even people who aren't necessarily dying, like drug abuse and stuff, um, you know, I, I can attest to being in similar situations to that and kind of trying to like prepare yourself to grieve just because you know the person that you know and love isn't really there anymore so there are certainly different types and it doesn't always have to be around cancer it's just Mm -mm. the unfortunate experience that that we have and that we can talk about and share with people right and unfortunately a vast majority can also relate to Mm -hmm. because it's taking over somehow yeah definitely crazy and it's also good too to keep in mind that you know even though we're speaking about especially for myself speaking about cancer and chemo and radiation and having such negative relationships and experiences with them Mm -hmm. but it's not the same for everyone everyone's experience with it is different and for some people those are lifesavers you know those actually help people to get through and help people to you know, enhance their quality of life. But personally for myself, it is a, it's a triggering factor. And, you know, I don't choose for it to be, and I don't try to, you know, 
make it I honestly don't try to make it any less of a trigger either mm-hmm. it just is what it is and it's just it's been a part of the life I lived and that's just the only fashion I've dealt with it in yeah well and it it's two two different experiences because as you just described like you've had more of the unfortunate side of it mm-hmm. but I was thankful enough to have the the other side the the more positive experience obviously there were still its own struggles and things that my dad had to go through like his quality of life certainly declined after radiation it changed a lot of things for him but he was at least still here regardless of the new struggles that he had faced so you know it it really is different for everybody and you really just got to you know just take it as it comes and figure out how to to get make the best of it yes absolutely you know, definitely love that question that we got. And if anyone else out there has any more questions, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be particularly around grief, but just in general, we're more than willing to discuss it. And I mean, it opens up our eyes to different things. Because like I said, looking at different kinds of grieving, you know, it's, it's interesting. And it allows mm-hmm. us to learn more about ourselves and even learning more about how to deal with others around us, regardless if it's someone we have to support because they're the ones that we're grieving over or someone we have to support because they're the ones grieving with us. Yes, definitely. So good words, Amanda. I assume that <laughs> that those are your your closing uh, your closing words. Do you have anything else? My closing else memo. No, I, I just wanted to uh, remind everyone that we are on Instagram, <laughs> Mindset Talks Podcasts. We're also on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google, Anchor, Spotify, Facebook. You know, I can I can run through the list. I'm pretty long winded, <laughs> but um, you get the gist. So definitely make sure you follow our pages, subscribe to us, mm-hmm. like, comment, share, you know, don't be shy. We would love to be able to reach out to as many people as possible. So continue to share our good word and give us some good feedback. Yes, definitely. Keep it coming because we love to hear it and we love to help you guys out. Make sure you follow us, like Amanda said, and let us know your thoughts. And until next time, we will talk to you guys later. Take care. Stay safe. Bye, guys.